You're listening to The Support Report with Be Present, where we share real stories from young adults and how support changed their lives. Hey, thanks for tuning into another episode of The Support Report. We are Be Present. I am your host, Justin Peters. And as always, I am joined by my co-host, Kiara Riga. Kiara, how are you today? I'm not bad. Looking forward to the weekend. Other than that, all good. How about you? (laughs) I'm doing excellent. Uh, Super excited about our conversation today, which provokes a question of mine. Do you have a cancer best friend, somebody that you've met through the journey that you've got to kind of share the experience with and lean on each other? Yes. My friend, Lauren, I don't know what I would do without her. Um, she's my, we have the same metastatic diagnosis and she's like my North star. And you guys, how soon into your diagnosis did you guys meet? We met in January, 2021 and I was diagnosed in September and like things really started to turn around once I met her, (laughs) like it was a huge game changer. Yeah. We've, I mean, we've had extensive conversations on the podcast about, you know, siblings that have supported, um, other siblings, best friends, um, mother daughter relationships, but I don't know if we've ever really, um, covered friendships, you know, cancer friendships on this. So I'm really excited because what I'm learning is that there just is certain aspects that are not relatable to people that aren't going through that experience. And the connection that you can have through this experience together is really interesting. So why don't you tell the audience a little bit about who else is on the line with us today and and who we're going to be speaking to? Yes, sounds good. I am so excited to bring on our guests today. Um, So joining us today, we have Rosalina and Shauna. They are the hosts of the Too Young for This Shit podcast. They are two millennial breast cancer survivors who live on opposite sides of the U.S., And they share their real stories of their cancer and survivorship experiences on their podcast, Too Young for This Shit, with the goal of educating, empowering, connecting, and bringing laughter to their listeners. So Shauna and Rosalina, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, thank you. We're so excited to have you here. So why don't we kick it off and just start off by you telling us a little bit about your cancer stories. Uh, Shauna, do you want to start? Yeah, sure. Um, So I'm Shauna. I am 33 now, um, but I was diagnosed at 32 uh, with um, hormone positive breast cancer. Uh, I ended up having... um, a double mastectomy, lymph node removal, 16 rounds of chemo, 25 rounds of radiation, uh, kind of like the whole works. Um, and yeah, I live in New York. I nanny, I live with my partner. We have a dog and that's kind of like a little bit about me. Yeah. And I'm Rosalina. So I'm 29 years old now, but I was diagnosed last year at 28. Um, I am hormone positive, just like Shauna, and um, I had a single mastectomy. I did six rounds of chemotherapy and 33 rounds of radiation. Uh, The other thing about my diagnosis is that I was the first in my family to be diagnosed, uh, which was really shocking and very terrifying for my family. And I also uh, have a dog just like Shauna and I live in LA. So uh, that's just about me. 
outside of location, you guys are like a perfect match for each other. It seems like, um, how did you guys ended up getting connected and, and be, you know, what is the genesis of the idea for this, uh, for the podcast you guys started? Yeah. So I, when I was diagnosed, I was pretty much in denial for a really long time. And, uh, I felt really alone, especially because when you hear about breast cancer, or from what I've learned, it's just happens more in older women and not necessarily younger women. So I felt really alone. And then I just woke up one day, it was <laughs> the day after my mastectomy surgery that I was like, I'm sick or tired of being angry and feeling alone that I want to start something. So I, I thought of starting a podcast and I said, I think it will be a really great idea to find a, a co-host. So I just joined all these Facebook support groups and I just wrote out my story and said, is, is, if there's anyone out there um, around my age that um, has a similar experience and wants to be a co-host with me, I'm all ears and I want to meet you. So um, through the bunch, uh, I met Shauna and I felt like, when we did our first Zoom meeting together, I just thought that we like clicked um, automatically. And I just kept thinking about Shauna for like the past couple of days. And I was like, oh my gosh, is this someone who would be perfect fit for this podcast? And, and she is. So I'm super glad to have met her. Yeah, I I had was kind of the complete opposite opposite of, of, of Rosalina, like when I was first diagnosed, I hit every support group that I possibly could find. Um, I nanny, like I said, in New York city, and there's a ton of like nanny groups that I'm a part of. And I was like, there has to be a breast cancer support group like this. So I literally joined every single one that I saw every New York one, every, you know, just every single one. And, um, even in some of them, I was struggling to find women, my own age. Uh, it wasn't until I found, um, the young survival young young survival coalition uh, support group where it was all women under forty where I was like finally like these this is what I was looking for from day one and um, I saw Rosalina's post and I I I've been a big fan of podcasts for years I love them I've always wanted to start one and so I answered and yeah we met and I, I mean we talked for quite. I mean, quite a long time. And it was just, it was easy. It was an easy flow. How, you know, even though we were had the same diagnosis, it was, we had such different views. And I think that that also um, was very, like, it was great for the podcast because it wasn't just because we had the same diagnosis doesn't mean that, you know, everything we did was like the same and the mindset was the same because it wasn't, it was completely different. So it was good to, I think, have like, we balanced each other out in so many different ways that it's just been really positive for our podcast. Yeah, Rosalina, why'd you go back to Facebook groups? Because it sounded like at first you mm -hmm. joined some and then quickly regretted that decision and like un oh, yes. <laughs> unfollowed all of them. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, it was prior to my surgery um, where there was a lot of unknowns still and a lot of the posts that I saw scared me. So I didn't want to get into my head <laughs> with all of that post. So um, I decided to not follow them. 
And then after, you know, after I got in my pathology report and we exactly knew what was going on, what surgery I'm getting and, and all that, I felt a little bit more comfortable going back to the Facebook groups because now I know what my diagnosis is. That's fair. That's really fair. <laughs> I think yes. that would overwhelm me and scare me a little bit in that way. Kiara, what's uh, oh, yes. Kiara, did you join any like online communities or Facebook groups or anything? Yeah, they're real tricky. I think I've gone through everything that you guys have. Um, there's always that one lady whose profile picture is like a quarter of her face. And every day it's like, good morning, pink sisters. And that's just not me in any way, <laughs> shape or form. Um, yeah, and that's so, not me either. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that lingo is just like, it's, it makes me cringe. And yes. just the pink in general and the ribbon is like such a trigger for me too. It's just like, not something I like advertise. I want to advertise. And I just, I don't know. It's like, I kind of feel like this isn't a club that I wanted to be a part of. And I don't know. It's just, I, the pink sisters, like if that works for you, great. It's just like, not my, not my scene. Right. Exactly. And that was what like makes it so hard about joining these groups is like, I'm sure there are other people in there who feel exactly like I do. And it's so hard to find that group. So it took a while for me too. Cause I, like I, being metastatic as well has its own challenges that I don't really like being in general breast cancer groups because seeing the early stagers talk about ringing the bell and things like that, like not that you guys shouldn't be able to celebrate that, but it's difficult for me to look at always. Right. And so finding the right niche for you, it, it takes some work, honestly. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so like, that was just another thing where you know, I was kind of looking for someone who was going through the diagnosis similar to what I was going through, right? I, I wasn't trying to look for someone who was like three to four years out because I just felt like, even though we had probably the same diagnosis, I just feel, feel like she's not in my position right now. And so um, definitely just finding Shauna and for both of us to go through chemotherapy at the same time, radiation at the same time, I think is like, I've never um, heard that before. And so I think it's just like extremely special. And um, I don't know, I, I just, meeting Shauna um, definitely has lightened up my mood and feel that I have someone to go to where, if I didn't have her, I, I think I would feel much more alone in this process for sure. And like, like Rosalina inspires me every day. Like she's so on top of like, just like everything, like all the new information, health things. Like she'll send me, you know, like, Oh, I talked to your oncologist about this. And I, I like, she's just so organized and she keeps me organized and like, keeps me like, so like, I, I don't, I couldn't do it without her. Like we wouldn't, we wouldn't be where we were, where we are right now without her for sure. We are, it's like such a good, I don't know. I just feel like we are such a good team and, and going through it and going through it together, even on different chemo regimens, we still had each other's backs like throughout the entire time, like the texting and the, I mean, the phone calls and like, I'm crying, she's crying. You know, I tried to be like super funny at certain times where she was like, 
super serious. This isn't funny. And I'm, you know, like it was, I think sometimes I needed to be serious and had to stop joking around about it. And um, I think I brought some, some humor into, into her diagnosis as well. Yeah, absolutely. I did not laugh about my diagnosis in the beginning for sure. Um, and also it's, it's funny cause I, I don't cry in front, in front of people and for me to cry in front of Shauna, that's a big deal. I love that. I really love that. It sounds like you guys have met your match. I've met so many people who all seem to have this breast cancer bestie that they just click with and like they fill in the gaps of each other. Like you guys could be describing me and Lauren. So I think that's really, really special and awesome. Yeah. Um, I did have one. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, um, your podcast was called too young for this shit. And I was just curious, like in what ways, I mean, I am also a young adult with breast cancer, but I'm curious for you guys, in what ways did age kind of play a part in your diagnosis and coming together and starting this podcast just in general, I guess. So I had found my lump nine months prior to being diagnosed. Um, it literally had come up overnight. I felt it in the shower. And, um, that day I made an appointment with my gynecologist and like, I got it checked. Like, I felt like I did what I was supposed to do. Right. Like I felt it, like I went and got it taken care of. And she told me like flat out, you're too young. This is too big. It would be more pea size. But like, that was the first thing she said, like she dismissed me. She dismissed me. She dismissed everything that was going on because I was too young. She felt I was too young to have breast cancer. And that's, um, I, it's, I'm like still holding a little bit of a grudge because of that. I wish that I had self-advocated a little bit more, but it was a doctor and I trusted her. And, um, you know, maybe I, I always just think like, maybe it wouldn't have affected my lymph nodes if, you know, she didn't think I was too young and maybe I wouldn't have had to do 16 rounds of chemo or I always think about it. I try not to harp on it too much, but, um, those words were, you know, it, it delayed me getting treated and, it, you know, that's, that's how it affected at least me. Yeah. Uh, the way it affected me was just that my doc, like all my doctors, <laughs> each time I see a new doctor, they they would just say the phrase, oh, you're so young. And that's just how they begin with the conversation. And I was just so sick and tired of fucking hearing that phrase that um, I decided and I told Sean, I was like, we need to call it this. Like, <laughs> there's no other podcast name that we should name this. So um, it definitely like it affected me because if I was too young, then why did it happen to me in the first place? Can you tell me why this happened to me? And and then, and then I also realized that, you know, it's happening more and more to young women. And I kind of see it like now that I'm in this space, I see it more often than I have when I was not diagnosed. And so I'm just also wondering, like, what the hell is going on? Is it environmental? Is it just our food and how it's processed? Like, I'm, I'm just so... Um, I don't know what the word is, but like confused 
as to why this is all happening. Sounds concerning, to be honest. I, I'm not sure. I don't know if it's like the yellow car syndrome, like you buy a yellow car and then you see it more often kind of thing, or like any make and model of a car, but yeah. I, I don't know. Do you know if there, if there is more cases with younger people, like it statistically, is it increasing? So I haven't seen a stat. Um, I don't know about you, Shara or Shauna, if you've seen a stat, I've just been talking to more and more young women. So it is on the rise. Yeah. Sorry, Sorry, I was going to say, yeah, it's on the rise. And because people like us are constantly being told, oh, you're too young, we're like exponentially more likely to become like be diagnosed metastatic from the start. Um, which was like, Shauna, almost your exact same story happened to me, right? I went in, um, they told me, oh, it's just a cyst, you'll be fine. And then um, a year later, it's metastatic breast cancer in all my bones, right? And so like, this is not unique. And, you know, I don't know any of the causes, but it is on the rise and it is concerning. And it's obviously it's concerning from the health aspect of it, but exactly what you were pointing out, Rosalina, of like the doctors come in and they're like, oh, you're so young. Like they don't know how to treat you. Right. And so I think it's from all angles, really concerning. Like we need to be educating these doctors that like, that's not the comforting thing that you think it is. Like, I know you feel uncomfortable right now, but like we're 10 times that you don't need to point out like how young I am, you know? Yes, absolutely. I think, um, the, the numbers there, I mean, the statistics, it, it is on the rise for, for young, younger women, like women under 40 now. And now they like the American cancer society wants to push back mammograms to 45 and not even 40. Like, I don't understand there's, we have numbers, there's data and we're that, that infuriates me more than, than anything, you know, like, and the fact that your insurance won't even cover it. Like I can't, you know, I, I feel like people that even think like, Oh, I family history. No, like your insurance won't even cover it until they're 40 anyways. And it's like, it's just like, I feel like women under 40 are just fail. Like we're, we're being failed yes. by so many different, I mean, by our doctors, by healthcare, I mean, you know, health insurance, things like that. Like, I don't know. It's just, that bothers me so much. And the, you know, the, you're too young, you know, like you're too young. My other thing was like, you know, going to see my oncologist or doctors and them being like, you know, you're, you're young, you're healthy. You're going to tolerate this so well. And it's like, if I'm so goddamn young and healthy, why am I here? You know, like it was just like, that was the one phrase that actually even bothered me more than you're, you're too young. I get that all the time. And it drives me absolutely insane. And do you want to hear something even more infuriating? The American Cancer Society, as they're raising the age for mammograms, they're lowering the age for colonoscopies. And guess what? Population generally has colorectal cancer it's men so and breast cancer obviously is mostly women like I'm not gonna get into a whole like political thing here but it just yeah. it's it's a really tough thing to see yeah I, I agree it's I mean I couldn't even believe when I read it I I, I was like shocked I, I still like I get I get like enraged when I think about it right and they blame it on dense breasts but it's like okay you're not even recommending self-breast exam like there's there are other things we can be because 
it's fair, right? If a mammogram, you have dense breasts, you're not likely to be able to see anything. Fine. We have ultrasounds. We have breast self-exams. We have so many other tools, but you're just pushing the age up, right? right? So like, I would be willing to have a conversation about like, okay, mammograms don't work. What else does? But they just want to shut it down. It seems like. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I agree with you. So that's the underlying argument in this or that they're pushing that it's just not effective at that age. Yes. So um, the younger you are, generally the denser your breasts are, which makes it very difficult to see um, cancers on a mammogram. Um, And so they're kind of like, well, you're too young. And I mean, both times I went in, it was like, they they wouldn't even give me a mammogram. It was just straight to ultrasound because they were like, your breasts are just too dense, but ultrasounds don't have the 3D capabilities that mammograms do. And so I think that's how it was missed on the first time. That's, that's insane to me. I don't know why you would push preventative care if you weren't going to replace it with something at minimum. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Do, um, if you guys don't mind, educate me a little bit. You guys mentioned, uh, hormone positive. What do you mean by that? You want me to answer first? Okay. Yeah. Um, Sorry. I should have directed that at you. (laughs) Basically, um, our cancer feeds off the estrogen and progesterone in our bodies. So, um, when part of treatment for hormone like positive breast cancer is, um, hormone blockers. So what they do is they try to shut down the hormones so that the cancer has nothing to feed on. Interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. guessing there's adverse effects to that as well. <laughs> it's the worst. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I find it harder than like, I'm also hormone positive. I yeah. find it harder than like treatment, treatment, like the joint pain, the fatigue, all of that is so hard. Uh. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, I feel like it's definitely, it's harder. Yeah. Harder than chemo for sure. It's just like, I would wake up, like I'm currently actually not on anything at the moment. Um, because I had a hard time with the, the shots that I was on. Like I couldn't walk. Like I literally would get up to walk and like none of my joints would move. Um, and I just, you know, I, I had like a little bit of a meltdown on my oncologist. Like there's gotta be something better for, for, we just went through the most horrific situation or like we're going through, you know, like having metastatic breast cancer. I don't, I don't, but like, this is a constant thing in your life, obviously. And like, there's gotta be something better. Like we can't feel like we're 80. Right. Yeah. After going through this, like, it's just not fair. And yeah, the, the hormone blockers, um, I mean, it just, I think it's worse. Yeah. It's pretty tough. I don't know, Rosalina, if you've had the same experience. I would say like in the beginning for sure. Um, uh, but I, <laughs> I, I'm the type of person that I am pretty tough with a lot of things and I'm not just not to say that like your experience is, is, is like, you're not like that. Um, I, I just try to find different ways to combat the pain. Like I still get joy pain, of course. Um, but I, I kind of could see maybe like when I exercise more, I don't have that much joint pain or when I'm like eating better then I don't necessarily have those effects, but you know, it definitely like differs day to day, week to week. So not every week is perfect for sure. Um, but I, 
I think I've been handling the medication better than I expected. That's really awesome. <laughs> For real. <laughs> well, that's why I say I said quiet because I was like, <laughs> I don't want to like say my opinion. <laughs> She's calling you but out, it's girls. Valid. I mean, <laughs> I've had to do some of the same kind of things, right? Like I, I exercise way more than sometimes I feel like I can because it helps so much. And like Celebrex has been a game changer for me with the joint pain. But it, yeah, it's tough for sure. I mean, I do get hot flashes. Um, they're manageable for sure. But there are times where I'm like, I take off my jacket and then I'm cold and then I put my jacket on and I can't decide whether to put the jacket on or not. So, <laughs> yeah, that's just like some things I have to deal with. And I feel like every women, especially if they're menopausal, have to deal with, which I didn't think I would be at that stage at 29 years old. Because I was telling my mom, I was like, yeah, mom, you, you've been on menopause like a few couple of years now. Can you tell me some tips that she couldn't tell me? <laughs> it feels thanks, like nobody thanks, has mom. tips. They just want to complain about it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but like some of the tips are just so outrageous. And you're like, like is this real? Like, <laughs> What's the craziest one you've gotten? See, I didn't have any hot flashes. I, I. I lucked out. I mean, I couldn't walk, but I, that was, you know, I didn't have the hot flashes, so I didn't need it. But I mean, just in general, like I had joined a couple of, um, healing cancer naturally groups. I don't know if you have experienced any of those. That is a ride. I mean, (laughs) you want your mind blown. You need to hit those groups because the stuff they recommend is obscene. Like, I mean, just, I, I've talked, we talked, I talked about on our podcast. Like, it's just, I can't, some of this stuff is just, they're not even animal products. I mean, they're not even human products. They're one was like a dog, like a dog food or something or something with for dogs. I was like, what? It's like, Oh, I've heard the dog dewormer one. Yeah. I mean, juicing like, you know, there was like another crazy one. I can't think of at the moment. I was just like, um, like coffee enemas, uh, I mean, it was just like, I, it was a full-time job, I think, to do half of the regimens that these people were. <laughs> and like, it was kind of strange to me too, because it's like, oh, I know somebody who did this. It's not like I did this. I cured my cancer. You what? know, I starved my cancer. It's not like, it's always just like somebody who knows somebody that had this ridiculous regimen. But I mean, that is... But, but kudos to you, Shauna, for like giving it a whirl though, too. And being like, I'm going to see if it works or not. Like, let's give it a try. Right. <laughs> right. I mean, like I'm a huge believer in science, like it's yeah. science saved my life, but you know, I'm, I always do like a holistic approach. So I, I was trying to find a balance, but I was like, there's not really much of like a balance here. Like this is just to me. I, and I, for whoever does it, I'm not knocking it, but it was crazy. It was like, <laughs> it was crazy. It's uh, so funny. And, and I feel like people who don't have cancer go in there too, just to like try and push their stuff. I got a facial a couple weekends ago and my esthetician, um, I, I was at a hotel and so it wasn't like my usual person or whatever. And she was like, Oh, you have cancer. Okay oregano oil that's gonna solve it and I was like that's right at the beginning of the facial so I was like I'm here for an hour just like so uncomfortable (laughs) 
Oh yeah. yeah. I know. I, yeah. Somebody told me to, I was going to do an alkaline diet and I was going to take colloidal silver and I was going to starve my cancer. And I was like, I got to get out of here. <laughs> well, didn't she tell you? Well, she told me I wasn't going to have to yeah, I wasn't going to yeah. have chemo. We're going to starve my cancer. I'm not even getting knee treatment. I'm going to do Reiki and sound therapy. I mean, it was like, I left there being like, this isn't, you know, and I did, I tried the alkaline diet. I killed myself trying to do the alkaline diet. Like it was like, that was another full-time job of trying to navigate that. And like, then doctor's appointments and then like trying to find half this organic stuff that I've never even heard of before in my life. And like, I, it was just a lot. It really was. I, I don't know how, I don't know how some people do it. And it just, I wasn't, especially at 32, I wasn't willing to risk an alkaline diet starving my cancer. You know, I, I, I wasn't willing to do that. So God. yeah. <laughs> Sounds awful. Rosalina, I'm guessing you were too pessimistic to try any of <laughs> any of those <laughs> methodologies. <laughs> I, I knew to stay far away <laughs> from that. Just let Shauna test drive it for you and let her let you know if anything works. Well, she, she just told me randomly one day, she's like, oh, I joined this group and you can't believe what they say on this group. So I just got the information from her. I never, ever like followed that group. I knew I, I needed to go through the, you know, the process of eliminating the tumor and, and, and all that, because I, I, again, what Shauna says, I believe in science. So I definitely wanted to go through that route. <laughs> well, girls, it's been uh, really fun having you on the podcast. And I know you shared just a little bit of your story and we've been goofing around uh, over the last couple of minutes as well. And I think that's probably freeing for a lot of people that are listening to this, but I know you guys do a fairly good deep dive on both of your journeys and share a lot in there. Why don't you tell the audience a little bit more about your podcast, where they can find it and what they can expect if they tune in. So um, you can find our podcasts on Spotify and Apple podcasts and season one is out now. It's been out for a couple months and uh, we took a deep dive into our journeys and our doctor's appointments, our second opinions and kind of, you know, going through the whole journey of chemotherapy and what, what, what that was like. I feel like that took about like three episodes <laughs> just talking yeah. about chemotherapy. And right now we're currently working on season two and that should be launching sometime this summer, crossing fingers. I think hopefully in July it would uh, be launched. And so with that season, we're going to be talking about radiation, We've been interviewing um, like our siblings and our partners. And then we have a few guests that are coming on. And then Sean and I also did a solo episode. So it's just going to be a bunch of different episodes for season two. We're so excited to launch that sometime yeah. in the summer. Definitely. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, just talking about survivorship as well. Um, I know a lot of people struggle with that. I'm struggling a lot. And I think it's important to, it, it's not like, okay, yeah, you, you get a clean PET scan and things are great. And it's, it's really not like that. And I, I don't, I think it's so important to kind of share that with everyone that like, you know, I'm, we're all, you know, we're, we're all struggling post cancer. It's not a walk in the park. It's not, everything is perfect and great. And, you know, 
uh, I, that I think was one of the biggest rude awakenings for, for me thinking like, Oh, after chemo, I'm going to feel great. I'm going to just go back to my life and my life is different now. And it, I, you know, people to say that, you know, I've said, heard in the support groups, like, you know, nobody talks about this. And I think that, you know, that it's like important for us to do so. I love that. I, I mean, I'm sure it's not easy to talk about, but it's such an important topic. So I can't wait to hear season two and all of your interviews and whatnot. Interviewing the sibling sounds interesting. I'm very excited to, um, to hear that episode. Um, yeah. but we always like to, <laughs> we always That's like to wrap up here. Um, we are a support focused organization. So I would love to hear what you guys think that good support looks like to you. Why don't we start with Rosalina? Good support is, um, <clears throat> for me, it's just someone who just reaches out and asking like how they can help um, is, is the best thing that someone can do. And there, I, and I would also say like, you know, it's, it's always nice to have like a conversation, like a, like a phone call and just talking about things other than <laughs> your cancer diagnosis. So that's definitely support for me. Cause um, that just keeps my mind off of other things that I'm not currently dealing with. So I definitely would say those two things is support for me. I love that. What about you, Shauna? I mean, I agree with Rosalina. Um, I think it's, it's nice to have just like the, those phone calls where there's like normalcy and it's not just always about cancer. Um, but I also think it's nice, like just having somebody validate your feelings, you know, like I, I just sometimes like, sometimes it's okay just to want to like cry and say like, fuck this and just have somebody say like, yeah, fuck this. Like, instead of trying to be like, you know, like you're going to get through this, like what's, you know, you're going to be better. Like you're almost done. You're halfway there. Like I just, sometimes I just needed somebody to be like, this fucking sucks. And I'm sorry you're dealing with this. And, um, you know, a lot of people don't know what to say. And I think that was like such a big part of like the support that I needed. Love that. Yeah. And Make- uh, sending memes as well because uh, <laughs> memes are everything. Kiara <laughs> always mentions cancer memes too. Yeah, you're yeah. always on that. You do? <laughs> oh, yeah. There's nothing like that makes me laugh more than cancer memes. Like, I'm just going to follow that. I'm going to follow the cancer patient for the rest of my life. <laughs> it is the pinnacle of Instagram. It is. It's, the, it's my favorite account of all time. I Same. agree. <laughs> I agree. It has me like my siblings follow it and they'll, they'll send me things and they just think it's hilarious. I have friends that think it's so funny too. Just like, you know, they know me and what I went through and it's just, yeah, I love it. It's the best cancer rooms are, there's nothing better. You said cancer patient. Is that the Instagram handle? It's called the cancer cancer patient. Okay. Okay. I got to follow that now. Well, ladies, it's been such a pleasure having you on the podcast. Uh, We are super excited to um, hear season two. So once again, everybody, Rosalina, Shauna, too young for this shit. Check them out on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Probably one of the players that you're listening to right now. But uh, ladies, thanks again for coming on. Thank you so much. Thank you for having us. 